Awesome, y'all. You guys had a good morning so far. Has that been awesome or what? My goodness gracious. I'm just going to move this chair because I'm not going to be sitting down. Um, but uh, man, I'm, I'm just honored to, uh, to be a part of this. This is uh, the Ark family. We talk about family. And I'm gonna give some pleasantries at the beginning because there's gonna be some people slipping in and out. So uh, let's just let's just start there. But um, the Ark family has meant so much to me. I sat the, through the first session and I literally I cried the entire time. I, I leaned over to my wife. I said, I don't know why I can't stop crying. And um, and it's just because there is first of all there's an anointing in this house. Pastor Chris and his team. Um, he's not in here, but I want to show honor to him that this there's something special about this place. Would anybody anybody agree with me on that? And so, um, man, we just need to show honor where honor is due. And, uh, and this place is like literally oozing. And I think that comes from um, the prayer time that they spend. It's, it's all the time uh, of not just um, being flashy, but, but taking care of the inside stuff that is so important. And so I'm just beyond thankful and grateful to, um, to be uh, here today. And um, my, my wife is with me, Sherry. She's on the front row. Uh, we've got some of our team in here. Dave, who's our worship director. Um, he's up here up front. Uh, pastor Zach Childress, who is our, our camp, one of our campus pastors, is up front. Pastor Mark Tenefoss is one of our um, executive pastors. He's up front. And Lucas Stearns, who is a Highlands College student, who is a, a son of our house. And so um, I don't think there's any other, any other staff in here, but I just wanted to honor them um, for being in here and being on the front row to listen to me in a breakout because um, I, I don't know about y'all, but that, that, uh, that, that's pretty exciting when you have some staff that want to sit in on a breakout that they have actually lived. So, um, but um, today... Uh, we're going to be talking about this idea of the how and the when of multiple weekend services. And so um, here's what I'm going to do. And uh, I'm going to just ask for some grace in this is in our culture, we don't use the word service. We use the word experience. And so I'm going to say experience for the rest of the day, if that's okay with you, because it's literally like a cuss word every time you say serve. And it's not, doesn't mean it's better or worse. We just um, wanted to, when we planted our church, we wanted to say, hey, if we could start all over again, rethink everything, what would we do differently? And we began to think about this idea of people who didn't know Jesus. What does service mean to them? Service uh, in their mind probably means something like Habitat for Humanity, which is awesome things. It's like downtown clean ups, that service. We wanted the people to come in to experience the very presence of God. And so um, that is where the idea of experience comes from. And we've had people challenge us on this. I'm like, it's terminology. Get over yourself. Like seriously, it's not a big deal. But um, most of us haven't had the chance to meet. And um, some of the things I was going to say about our church, um, I'll say them anyways. Um, but man, we have the amazing opportunity to lead a church in Dover, Delaware. Anybody ever been to Delaware? Yes. Yes. Why? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um, man, we, we started our church in September of 2015, and uh, it's been one just miraculous thing after another. And so before I jump into content, let me just ask a couple of questions. How many of you have already planted? You are, are, you've already, like, doesn't mean you're the lead person, just means that you are the, you've already planted, okay. Um, how many of you have yet to plant? Like, you're like, man, I'm kicking the tires on this thing. Um, okay, cool, That's, that, that actually uh, clears up some of the stuff. How many of you are staff pastors in here? You're like, you're on, or you're, or you're like a lay person, like you're not, um, uh, yeah, so that's awesome. How many of you are lead pastors in here? Just throw up your hand. Awesome, I just love to know the context. So um, the short version of our story is we're ARC, plant number 527. And so I take a lot of uh, pride in being um, not just a, a partner of ARC, but actually being like birthed out of um, the ARC uh, family. And since we launched, this is kind of like a little bit of like street cred of why, why I'm standing in front of you uh, today is we've, uh, we've gone from one to two experiences. 
Um, we moved to a larger facility on our one-year anniversary. Uh, we stayed at two experiences. And then over the last couple months, we've actually moved uh, into three experiences. And so it's kind of been like a progression of, of how we have uh, walked this thing out. And we don't have it all figured out, but we have learned a lot along the way. Anybody else like that? Like you don't have it all figured out, but you've screwed up enough to figure out what doesn't work. You know what I'm saying? So um, that's where we've been. We drank the art Kool-Aid hard and uh, we just went all in. We're like, hey, if 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 this is if this is working, it's clearly working with the success rates of planting churches. Um, if you haven't uh, if you haven't partnered with Ark or if you haven't planted yet, and you're thinking about should you partner with Ark, um, I would tell you do not plant a church unless you partner with Ark. I'm just like that is like a deep burden of mine um, because of the things that we've seen happen. And um, since we la- we launched uh, on launch day, TJ said that 515 people um, by the grace of God. And then four months later, we moved to two experiences, and we saw 779 people show up that day. Um, it's actually a really, really cool day. Um, our son had just been born three days before, and so I actually didn't preach the first Sunday of two experiences. Ain't God funny? And so um, we've continued to grow over the weekends, and so that's a little bit about us. And so maybe you're here today, and you're just kind of wondering if you're ready. Maybe you're wondering, like, um, is your staff ready? Maybe you're wondering if you have um, the people. Maybe you're wondering um, what the context, if the context really fits. Do I have enough leaders? How do I cast vision for this? And so today, I want to answer some of those questions. And, and so this is what I've learned along the way. This is not just for this. This is for every, uh, everything in regards to leadership, is that what got you here won't get you there that what brought you to this place, um, because listen, I don't care if you lead a church of, of 50, 500, 5,000, 50,000, that what's gotten you to this place, like you've got to be constantly growing and learning and stretching along the way. And that's something that we have uh, been doing every step of the way. And so maybe you're kind of uh, wondering, you've, you've got some of these questions. And um, one thing that I learned very quickly is that whatever season you're in is you got to begin preparing for the next season. Let me, let me say this, you got to enjoy the current season but you got to be planning for the next season. You have to enjoy the current season, but you have to be planning. It's like the both and it's the dichotomy of this whole idea because if you aren't planning for the next season, you may enjoy the current season, but you won't enjoy the next season. You like you may bask in the sun for this season, things are going great, but can I tell you there's something else coming down the pike and you got to begin preparing for that. And so um, there's three Ps that I want to give you today as we talk about this. And I want to talk not quick, not fast, but quickly, um, because we're going to do some question and answer on the backside of this that I think is going to be way more helpful than anything that I can tell you. But, um, but I'm going to try to give you some content before we get there. So three Ps. The first one is this, is what's the purpose? When you're thinking about moving um, from one to two or two to three or five to six, um, that's the, the question that you've got to begin asking yourself. What's the purpose? You got to ask the why behind the what, because here's what I have learned is moving to multiple experiences is not about having a bigger church. It's about making a bigger impact. And you may, you may think, listen, uh, people like, here's the, the, the concept and the, the mindset that, that so many people like, uh, that have is, is that growing a church and reaching more people has the same result. But can I tell you that the heart behind each of those is very different. Let me say that again, that growing a church and reaching more people, it has the same result, but the heart behind each is extremely different. Um, because if the only reason you're adding an experience to your church has become a bigger church, it will be felt by the people that are serving around you. If, if, you, if it's some self-fulfilling need that's inside of you that, man, we, I, I don't want to just preach once. I want to preach twice because I want to choose which one's going on YouTube. You know what I'm saying? Like that, if, that's, if that's your heart, any, any preachers up in here, come on, you know which one. You get to choose one on Sunday and you know which one you're not going to choose. And so, uh, 
But if the only reason that you're doing this is just to have a, a bigger church, can I tell you that is a, a fruitless thing. The people that are on the ground level, the people that are actually making it happen, man, they're gonna feel used. They're gonna feel abused. They're gonna feel like, man, this doesn't feel right. Something's not okay with this. And so while it's not for growth, like we understand this, it's not for growth. Um, it typically leads to growth. Dan Ryland, who is um, one of the executive pastors at, at 12 Stone Church, if, if you've never read anything from Dan Ryland, just do yourself a favor and Google his name, Dan, R-E-I-L-A-N-D. He is like, I think he was the first executive pastor ever. Um, he served under a guy, you may, have, you may know his name, John Maxwell. Um, and so uh, John Maxwell was a pastor before he wrote all his books. Y'all know that? It's crazy. But anyways, um, but he was the he was the executive pastor under him. Now he serves with uh, Pastor Kevin Myers, who's doing a breakout, next breakout in the main session. So do yourself a favor and go listen to him. He is fantastic. So he says, while it's not for growth, it leads to growth. He says that most of the time when you add an experience, most of the time what happens is you grow, your church grows by about 15%. And so in the right season, let me say that, let me clarify that, that if you add an experience in the right season, oftentimes you will see your church expand and grow by about 15%. And so if that's true, um, which in our experience it has been, that leads me to the next P, um, not just what's the purpose, but who are the people? Who are the people? So what's the purpose? Who are the people? And this should matter because we've been talking about this um, with our church. We've been talking about this in the staff at United. This idea of leading um, should have this feeling of being shepherd hearted that as pastors, the people that have been placed under us, the people that God has entrusted us with, you understand that all of leadership is stewardship, right? That you are the leader, you are the steward of the hearts that people, that God has placed in your, in your charge. That the people that you are preaching to, they're not, you're not preaching them to just get some sort of, of vain result. That God has given you their hearts to steward, to love them. And so that we are called to be shepherd hearted. And so I see so many leaders across the nation and I get so tired of seeing this. They make knee jerk decisions that affect everybody else around them, but they don't care about it because it's on, they're gonna show up at 8 a.m. They're gonna get a little check, check, one, two, one, two. I got a good sound check and now I can preach. Everybody else is scurrying around like their heads, you know, chicken with their heads cut off, but they're making knee jerk decisions, not focusing on the people. Have y'all ever seen leaders like that? And so I'm thinking about this um, and and the reality is I would rather be led than dragged any day of the week. And so when it comes to leadership, I I wanna lead my people to understand that this is something that is important. Moving to um, from one to two experiences is important. Moving from two to three is important. Moving from five to whatever you're moving to, it's it's important. And so when I think about people, there's three distinct pieces of this under this like people thing. Um, There's there's the first is, is this idea of leadership. The question you have to ask yourself when you're looking to add an experience is, do we have the leaders that it will take to accomplish the task at hand? Notice I didn't say, do we have the volunteers that it's gonna take to accomplish the task at hand? I'm asking the question, do you have the leaders that it's gonna take to accomplish? Notice I didn't say doers, I said leaders. There's a difference between these things and there's some shifts that are gonna have to happen as you move from one to two. I wanna kind of diagram or draw this out of some of the shifts that we have made, and uh, maybe this will be helpful for you. Um, when we launched, we had uh, we had staff, and um, and then we had uh, team leaders. So um, this is kind of the flow in which things happen. Again, I, I don't claim I'm, we're not experts to this. I'm just trying to help you walk through what we've walked through. So don't 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 be like he's the professional. 
Um, no, I'm, I'm just kind of sharing this with you. So when we moved from uh, to two experience, so this was this was when we were one experience. When we moved to two, we went from staff to team leaders, and then we moved to experienced leaders. So what happened is now we begin to build a, a pipeline of leadership um, where people are are learning to lead at like a tra- kind of a training wheels level, if this makes sense. They're they're learning to um, to grow, and so um, this is somebody who oversees. This is like one person who oversees, like let's just say first and second experience. And so now you have um, a, a one and a two experience lead on this thing. This is going to get really confusing, but you, you'll kind of understand where I'm going with this. Is now you're beginning to build a pipeline of leadership. You're also um, distributing the span of care, which people begin to feel cared for. If if you ask three people the reason why they stop serving most often is because they don't feel cared for that nobody that nobody reached out to me that nobody and I'm not talking about like you went to their game I'm just talking about that you noticed them on Sunday that you gave them a high five when they showed up does that make sense care is don't don't overcomplicate care like care is knowing somebody's name without looking at their name tag y'all with me don't they see that that little peep down you know what I'm saying you're like <laughs> they see the little, like, you, you, you get, anyway, you know what I'm talking about. So, so now for us, it's, it's kind of um, transition. This is a really cool step, and I'll get out of the way for this. It's, it's going from staff to now we have some coordinators, which is really cool, some people that oversee multiple areas. Then it's going to team leaders, and then it's moved to experienced leads. And so what we're, what we're happening is some of these team leaders that were killing it have now moved up to coordinators, and some of the coordinators have now moved up to staff. And, and then you start to see this pipeline begin to build out. And so you have to have the leaders that it takes to accomplish these steps that you are beginning to take. And um, adding in experience, what happens is it will bring people to your church, but adding leaders will keep these people at your church. And so you have to understand this is, this is so extremely important. The second people piece is, is the volunteers. So we talked about leaders. Um, this other piece is, is very important, volunteers or partners or dream team or whatever you uh, want to, whatever you refer to them as. And the biggest myth that I want to dispel um, kind of today is so many guys that I coach, so many guys that I've talked to, is they hesitate to go from one experience to two because they feel like that their volunteer base has to double. And I just, I feel like it's, I literally feel like it's a lie from Satan because he wants to bottleneck you. He wants to put a cork on your ministry. And so I I want to kind of dispel that today. And you don't have to double uh, your volunteer base in order to add an experience, um, unless you grow by a hundred percent, which would be really cool, but not likely. I'm just not, not to be like Debbie Downer, just be like Ricky Realist here. You know, like it's just not, it's just not going to happen. Um, if you grow by 15 to 20%, like we talked about, like you, you think about that, the natural choice of what, which experience people serve and which experience people attend will, will sometimes take care of itself. Uh, a pro tip that I would give you is this, is I would recommend um, that you, before you move from one to two or two to three, is that you would use a, a huge growth track push or whatever assimilation um, you use to uh, a big growth track push the season before you add an experience. And so it's onboarding more people, it's assimilating more people, it's getting them involved and, and on board and, and on the team ready to serve. Um, another pro tip, one thing that we have done that has been extremely uh, helpful for us is we do what's called Growth Track Express. And so um, like three times a year, we do a one-day growth track, which is it's like three or four hours. And, um, and some, some of our highest capacity uh, partners, volunteers, um, have come from those one-day events. Because how many of you know your best people are your busiest people? Like the people in your church that are like the CEOs, the people in your church that are crushing it. Um, they, they, 
for them to string together four uh, four Sundays in a row, it's, it's about like Jesus turning water into wine. You know what I'm saying? So um, you just got to know that sometimes you're going to pick up some high capacity people with these ideas. This other idea, like when you're thinking about this, the volunteer piece is you got to determine which rhythm works for your church. And uh, so as you're, as you're thinking through this for us, um, we use the rhythm. It's just sit one, serve one is what we call it. And so uh, what we ask people to ask from the beginning, Brian Cromer, how you doing, brother? Love you, man. But, um, but what we ask our our partners from the beginning is that they would serve every single week. And uh, and that's kind of the ask. And when you listen, here's the cool thing. Some of y'all, I just saw some of y'all look at me like you staggered. Um, but if you have two experiences, they can now sit every single week and serve the opposite one. And you get to feed them. Come on, somebody. If you don't feed your partners or your volunteers, start feeding them right now. You know what I'm saying? Buy a donut on the way to church in the name of Jesus, right? Something uh, something to show them that you love them and care for them. If they are literally, the, if you believe that they are the fuel for your church, then do something that shows them that they are the fuel for your church. Like show some love, do something. We have what we call partner headquarters where people, they come in, they check in, they get their little name tag and they can get like this past week, we had a cereal bar. It was pretty cool. They had some, had these big bucks it's a cereal where they could scoop some cereal, get their own cereal while, while they're the experience that they're serving in. So if they're greeting, they're going to greet like crazy 15 minutes into the experience. Then they're going to go get some Lucky Charms. Praise God for Lucky Charms. And then 15 minutes before the experience ends, they're going to hop back out and greet a little bit more. And then they're going to go sit with their families and just worship Jesus and not have to worry about the distraction of all that stuff. The people that are going to love you, let me tell you this, is your kids team. When they can actually um, every single week hear a word from God, and not every other week hear a word from God when every single week, Brian just went to two. Come on, is your kids team love you? Absolutely, they, they, they love you. So, but they're gonna actually be able to sit in the experience, be able to hear from Jesus week in and week out. They're, they're gonna change diapers first and then they're gonna sit second or vice versa. They're gonna do that, but they're gonna be able to hear, um, hear a word from God. And so um, that's enough about the idea of volunteers. The next piece of the, the people piece is, um, is staff. If you are a senior leader in here, you have to have a pulse on what your staff can handle. You have to have a pulse on what your staff can handle. How many asks have you made in this last season? Like how, 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 many, uh, how many chips, my, my pastor that, that I learned this from, he talked about you only have so many chips in your pocket to use. How many chips have you used in this pocket and some of, uh, from your pocket in, these, in this season? How much weight is your staff already carrying? And so, um, the biggest thing is uh, I see some 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 of the the lead guys who don't take this into account is the the splitting when they go from Sunday morning to Sunday morning and Sunday night, or if they go from Sunday morning to Sunday morning and Saturday night. I told my staff if I go to Saturday night, it's going to be because Jesus showed up beside me in Starbucks and told me you must do Saturday nights. Until that happens, we will not do it. I'm just telling you. Anyways, that's I digress from that. Um, listen. I don't, know, um, I don't know about you guys, but I don't want to be just doing this in 20 years or 30 years. I want to be doing this with these guys and girls in 20 years and 30 years. And so I don't, I don't care if I've got to move at a little bit of a slower pace if it means I get to do it with the people I love for long, long term. Don't be a leader who's just like, you know what? Screw that. I'll find another youth pastor. He'll figure it out. I'll find another kids director. She's a dime a dozen. I'll go to Highlands next year and pick up another one when I interview. That is, listen, that is the, the furthest thing. You are just prostituting somebody's gifts. That is all you do not be the one who does that. So I'm just telling you, um, that was a little aggressive. I understand. So moving forward. I didn't even have that in my notes. I'm gonna add that in next time I do that. Anyway, so... 
So what's the purpose? Who are the people? The third part is what's the plan? Timing is so huge. I just offended that brother, I think. He said, I'm out. He said, prostitute. <laughs> what's, the, what's the plan? So timing. So uh, three great times to move to multiple experiences is, uh, is Christmas, fall, and Easter, depending on how late Easter falls. The reason I say this is what I would encourage you to do, and, and this is just an encouragement, is in the previous season before you move to multiple experiences is try it on one of those big Sundays. So if you're, if you're thinking about, okay, I'm going from one to two, is, okay, Easter's right around the corner. Hey, let's do, let's do two on Easter to give our people just a taste of what this is gonna feel like when they see the room fill up twice and they're like, oh my gosh, that was so cool. And in the back of your mind, going, you're going, <laughs> you're just like laughing because you know what's right. You know what's coming up, right? You're like, I got you. Like, it's, then you talk it up. You're like, that was real cool, wasn't it? We got to do it twice. Like the worship, the, the band, you're like, man, we got to do that twice, man. Anyways, moving forward on that. But but just try it on the, the one before. And even I would encourage you too, is if let's just say Easter's coming and uh, well, let's, do, let's use Christmas, for example, because that's a great example, is if you do two on, on Christmas and then, um, and then the, the first Sunday of January, you're like, hey, we're gonna actually move to two in, that, in that, that season. They've actually, they got a taste of it and now you're moving into it and, and the people are, are rocking and rolling when it comes to that. So timing is so huge. I would tag it onto a, uh, when you move to something uh, something huge, like when you go to like one to two or two to three, I would tag it on to like a purpose series or a marriage series or relationship series or some sort of felt need series that, man, people are really going to get excited about. Um, when we went from two to three, we just tagged um, a series called nine to five, like finding purpose in your everyday life. And uh, that was something that, man, a lot of people got on board with uh, this idea of, of finding purpose in their nine to five or outside of their nine to five. But um, listen, I would say this, please, 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 please do not add an experience when you're heading towards a down season. Like if you know, if you know, like summer's coming, like don't, don't feel like, man, like God spoke to you three weeks before summertime, before Memorial Day. And he said, add an experience. He didn't say that. That was heartburn from the pizza you ate last night. Right. But make sure that it's, it's in a season where you're going to have some time to push. And then something that we're trying to wrestle through right now is do you stay married to the experience times that you're in? Like, okay, right now we went to three, but summertime we may go back to two. That's not a loss. That's just a move. And so make sure your people don't get married to the times that you're in when it comes to that time. So um, another thing with this timing piece is um, something that we uh, tried to do is when we first started our church, we were at 10 a.m. And when we moved to multiple experiences, we made people choose a different time. So we went from 10 a.m., um, to 9.15 and 11 a.m. And so we, we went like 45 minutes back and we went an hour forward. Um, so it made people, if you add an experience time on, so if you're like already at nine and you add an 11, you're just building a second church. That's all you're doing. And so make sure that you, you make people choose a time uh, when you split that because it'll, it'll actually help you be able to distribute some of those folks um, we just moved, we had moved from 9.15 to 11. Then we went 9.15, 11.15. So we had more turnover time. And then we went to three. Now there's no turnover time. I'm not sure where that came from. But, but we, we saw our 9.15 was like packed out. Like most time it's like the 11.15, 9.15 was packed. And so we moved um, our 9.15, we moved to 8.30 and 10. And we do an 11.30 as well. Um, but we literally split right down the middle of that 9.15. We're like, hey, we're gonna make these people choose um, which experience they're gonna be a part of. And so that's been a huge thing for us. Next piece under this uh, plan, the plan idea is, is capacity and critical mass. When you're thinking about this, um, 
where are you think think about this question think through this as you determine what you're going the moves you're going to make is where are you percentage wise in your facility like full of fullness where are you percentage wise um something that can really help in this is if you have a balcony in in the place that the first place we met was like an old school performing arts center and so it had a balcony so if we had a lower experience we could actually close the the balcony and have the lower floor and you you wouldn't even notice that there, that, that wasn't full um, in our current facility um, so we moved from a place that sat 555 to now a place that seats 921 and it's like a flat it's kind of, it's, 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 it's it was not like this but it's like this you know what I'm saying so there's like the flat ground and then there's risers and so we're able to pipe and drape um, now in the risers. And so we actually move that pipe and drape per experience. So like the 8.30 a.m. is is a little bit lower. The 10 is moved back a row, uh, moved back a few rows. And then the, the 11.30 is moved back to where it was at 8.30. And, uh, and when it's kind of a, um, you wonder why this happened. It's literally, um, it's just messing with people's minds because you never want people to leave somewhere and say, man, there was nobody there. Like, that's literally the worst thing. If you had this breakout with how many people are in here in the main auditorium, it would feel like a horrible day and I would leave depressed, right? But you have this breakout in this room with this many people. This feels good. You know what I'm saying? And so people are like, why do you use pipe and drape? It's because you want it to feel, there's something you want it to feel like uh, when you go, if you walk into, that's the reason if you notice this, maybe you don't know this, when movies come out, they actually put uh, newer movies in bigger auditoriums. And as their run date continues on, they move them into smaller theaters um, because they realize they want it to feel good no matter how many people are in the room. It's the exact same thing we do. We're just redeeming it for Jesus' sake. Come on, somebody. Um, when I say uh, what percentage is your facility, I, I mean, there's a few different places I mean. So don't, people automatically go to auditorium first of, of how full is my auditorium? Um, I actually think there's one that's that's actually reaches uh, could reach capacity before your auditorium does, and that's kids. Our when we went from two to th- we went from two to three, we still had a little bit of room in our auditorium, but y'all, I think we were breaking laws in kids ministry. You know what I'm saying? Like we were like if if somebody if the right person wrong person would have showed up, I might have been walking away in cuffs. That's all I'm saying. But you got to think about this: that your kids may be maxed out before your auditorium is maxed out, and if that's the case, you've got to add an experience from one to two or two to three, um, so that you can keep those safe ratios um, that you need to keep. And um, that's not fun for like it's it's listen. Every pastor in here wants to preach to a more full room than a less full room. And so now every experience we have is less full than it was when we had two, but we're, we're reaching more people than we were and we're safer than we used to be. And so it's, it's, all about, it's all about the big picture. So kids, I believe, is the most important piece. Auditorium is second. Then one that some people don't think about too is parking. That's a huge one. Is your parking full? Like are people, literally, there's, I'm convinced that there are some facilities where we did church the first, when we were first uh, launched, um, parking was atrocious. Um, I'm convinced that there were people who pulled in and pulled right back out because they couldn't find a parking space. Um, and then the fourth thing I would say is your lobby. What does your lobby feel like? Because nobody wants to feel like herded like cattle. You know, that, that, that's just not a good feeling. So kids, auditorium, parking, lobby. Uh, last couple pieces, and then we'll get into some Q&A under this idea of the plan is marketing. Um, when you make a move like this, make sure you utilize all your marketing resources that you have available to you. Um, I would say uh, social media obviously is a huge thing. 
Um, one thing that we've always done when we made a big push is on social media that week and even the Sunday before is like, hey, we're making one of the biggest announcements we've ever made as a church. And people tend to perk up when you're like, oh, sweet. Like that, you build that level of anticipation into, into your church culture. So social media, um, personal invitations, and there's no, greater, there's no great, greater way to get people to your church than through personal invitations. Um, email blast. I know that's old school, but it still gets in people's inbox and people still open it. Even if you have a 30% open rate, that's better than 0% because you never sent it. So email blast is so huge. Mailer, if the season is right, serving opportunities. Sometimes we'll line up some um, huge like city serving wide things that are going into a big season or even a big shift in our church. Uh, your platform on your Sunday morning should be one of the biggest things that you use to, to for marketing. That seems kind of intuitive that people are already in the room, but if you get the people in your room excited about what's happening, they're going to go out and share that. Um, your pre-loop before the experience starts. So if you've got um, you have literally screens. The reason why movie theaters use that screen space, that's why they charge for it, is because all your eyes, every single every single seat is facing this way. And so if you have every single seat facing this way and there's this massive screen that's on your stage, let's use it before the experience starts to advertise what you feel like is important. And so that's one thing that I would say. Um, we paired our, uh, just kind of a practical thing, we paired our move to three experiences with a canned food drive. And so we, we actually moved on on Super Bowl Sunday um, because it drove home the vision that we were serious about not just being a bigger church, but we were serious about making a bigger impact. And we wanted people to realize that as we grow, so does the impact that we make. Um, that was huge for us. The last piece that I'll talk about under this idea of plan is expense. Um, make sure that you, if, if, if you own your facility, that's awesome. You do it. That's, that's so cool. Um, if you are load in, load out, um, like a lot of early church plants, um, just know that your rental price, depending on how you're billed, it may go up. Um, just know that like now you have three experiences. If you do like a partner headquarters thing or you a volunteer headquarters, um, just know that they, they're going to eat a third more food than they ate the week before. And it's going to cost more than that. So make sure that you're prepared financially. Um, that was one of the things I think we undershot on when we moved from two to three. Um, kids supplies goes up, coffee supplies, experience guides, VIP guides, new signage, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but over, overall, you just have to keep in mind that adding experience um, will be a greater investment. It's, it's not necessarily an expense. It's just a greater investment. And so um, to wrap up this thing, this idea of the, what's the purpose, who are the people, what's the plan? Um, just know that when you have these questions answered, it's not necessarily going to make it easier, um, but it's going to help you know what season you need to be in um, to be helpful to pull the trigger. And um, when you guys, just for on a little bit of back, and when we moved from one to two, uh, we pulled the trigger the first time. We literally, uh, we prepared for it and we moved into that season. When we went from two to three, uh, we almost pulled the trigger twice and we pulled back on that because we realized that some of these things weren't in place, whether it be leaders, whether it be processes, some of those things that, that may not have been in place. And so it took us two times to prepare for that. And then on the third time, we took the, we took the plunge and went about it. So um, sometimes you're going to be 100% sure and you're going to be able to like make that decision and you're going to feel good about it. Sometimes you're just going to have to step out in faith. But um, if you've got this purpose, the people and the plan worked out, you'll know that at least you've done your due diligence um, to make that choice whenever you do make that choice. So uh, I'm going to move into, I want to move into some question and answer. I'm going to ask uh, Pastor Mark Tenefals to come up with me. He's one of our executive guys. And then Pastor Zach Childress, who is uh, one of our um, campus pastors. And so we're one, like, real quick, I say campus pastors. Um, we put in place uh, when we reached a certain size, lead, lead pastor, this may be uh, extremely important, is we put a campus pastor at our 
at our main campus, we put a campus pastor in place um, before we even had a second campus. And the reason that was is literally just span of care is I knew, I knew that I wasn't going to be able, if I got, listen, first three months, I was at the cardiologist's office wondering why I had palpitations. Can I just be real with you? So I'm dead serious. My wife was pregnant. We were having our first son. We were starting a church. Dear God, I thought I was dying. I'm like, this is, this is where I go out right here. At least I made a bang to end it, you know? So, um, but we, we put that in place because we knew that span of care was going to be there and they're leading leaders at that high level. And so, um, pastor Nick McDonald, he's not here right now. Um, he, um, long story short is we put him in place to lead those leaders. And then pastor Zach's going to be our Milford campus pastor, which is the campus we're going to be launching. We're having our very first pop-up experience on Easter. And so, uh, we're excited about everything that's in store for that. Anyways, all that to say, I think we got, how much time do we have? Do we, are we good? Oh man. Good. So we'll, um, hopefully we can use some, hopefully this will be helpful. Um, questions, anybody, do we need to pass this around so that this is being recorded. That's the only reason I'm talking on a mic in this side. Hi. Um, so we just, this past Sunday actually launched our second service. So we're super excited. Um, we thank God we did a lot of the things that you're talking about. Um, but one, one of the things that we're still struggling with basically is um, our rotations, I guess, for our production and worship team. Mm. So I don't know if it's just normal, um, but so our kids team, they do sit one, serve one, where they get to sit with their family. And so does our welcome team. But how do you guys run that for worship and production? Are you guys load in, load out, or permanent? Portable. Portable, come on. So uh, one of the things that Pastor Kenneth talked about was knowing your teams really well. And that's something that he's done always really well. And that our church values just a high degree. And so right now we are loading at 5 a.m. and load out about 1.30, Um And so, uh, but people have more energy than ever before. And when we were at 2, we were at 6 a.m. and about uh, one thirty. I, our load of times well been pretty consistent, but um, they have more energy than ever before because they have some amazing leaders. So Dave, our worship director, could probably talk more about one on one about you know like what it's like to rotate the team. Um, but as you're making this move, you'll find more people will step up to fill those spots, and also your level of care will have to go up to make them feel like it's worth it for them to show up every single week. Um, and then there's some things you do creative, like our production, a lot of them are on like an A-B kind of okay. schedule. Um, our broadcasts and camera operators, they're on a, uh, a setup, serve, and uh, tear down rotation. So some are there to set up and they go home and sleep and they come, you know, enjoy an experience. Uh, so there's different ways to get creative uh, and band is on, on a more rotation basis. Uh, but more than anything, it's an aspect of care to make them feel like it's worth it. So you guys are keeping the same team for one Sunday for worship? And then making like a one Sunday, an A team, and then another Sunday a B team. Yeah. So something that's been really important to us is we keep the same teams either operating or playing or leading all throughout every experience because we want those okay. to be identical. We want yes. them to be uh, world class. We want them to be fluid. And so um, no matter who's setting up and tearing down, we keep whoever is operating or leading that day, we keep those people the same. So you're not doing like a new rally, a new band rehearsal? A new no, 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 no. One, one so uh, all people serving that day, um, they must get there by at least our talk through and run through time. And then they serve. And then depending on the team, some will leave right after they're finished serving. There's a different teardown crew or something like that. Yeah. There was, there was 
something I was going to add. You were talking about, um, oh, so A team and B team does not mean like A is better, B is worse. I, I'm just clarifying that. Yeah, no, no. A team, B team would be like uh, week one of a series, week two of a series. Okay, I just clarifying that so that like nobody's like, I'm on the B team. Go for it. Um, so if you, um, I know you mentioned before that Jesus will have to come back and, and tell you this. We just so happen to run a Saturday night service. And so if you are looking to expand, would you go into a Saturday night and then another Saturday night? Would, is that what you would do? Or would you look into going into Sunday? I'm thinking about the capacity of our leaders. And, you know, an ask for two days is different than an ask for one. Um, but I'm just, I, I just love to hear your insight. On Absolutely. Uh, I have a friend who pastors the journey in Newark, Delaware. It's like a, it's a, in, so he's an awesome pastor, Mark Johnson. And so they do two on Saturday night and three on Sunday morning. That's how they, their flow is. Um, the, the reason I say that is I, I'm like, I'm very particular on our staff Sabbathing, first of all, um, to, to be obedient to God. If, if we believe that, that tithing is, is real, then we need to believe that Sabbathing is real as well. That God can do as much with our six as, as we can do with our seven. Um, and so I'm very passionate about that. Like either they're off on Friday and Saturday, but if I had a Saturday experience, I'm wondering, um, are they going to be preparing on Friday for that Saturday? Cause I know, I know sometimes I'm preparing on my Friday or Saturday, uh, for that Sunday. That's the only reason I say that. So I'm not, I'm not taking a, a shot. Okay. Um, I would just say you got to know if that experience is full on Saturday night, then you're going to have to make room on Saturday night because people aren't going to shift probably from Saturday to Sunday if they've already chosen Saturday. You could ask people for a season and you'll get 100 people raise your hand and 100 people raise their hand. They'll go for one Sunday and then 75 of them will be back on Saturday. Like as much as they are, their rhythm's already set up like that. Um, so I would say if you need to add Saturday night, then that's what you probably are going to have to do is split that. I just have two questions. One, what is the role of your experienced leaders? What do they do, just in a nutshell? And two, your attendance, do you like say, okay, these volunteers served this first service, so we're not going to count them in our second service? Or do you just count your first service and then you count your second service and you add them together? Because it's really not scalable to split it, right. right? Yeah, so I would say, let me answer the second one first, is it doesn't matter how you count your attendance um, as long as it's the same every single time. And so, and we do not, like our church doesn't even know our church is, is this, I mean, I've, I talked about it here. Our church, so it doesn't matter. It's just a measuring tool for us. So I would say we, well, how we do it is, um, yeah, so we count butts and seats in the auditorium and then we count kids check-in, which is through planning center. And so we're able to do it that way. And then hallways, miscellaneous, there's a viewing area that we have, those, those type places. Um, so we count it the same every single week so that we know um, how, how, how we get to that number. Um, and then the first one, you're going to have to say it again. Do you count your online, those that, that are watching on Sunday or do you we count have, online? We have not gone. So we do iMag, but we do not have an online okay. feed yet. Purposely. And then the second question is what do your experienced leaders do? Oh yeah, yeah. They, so they lead the huddle for their team. So like a team leader is there to like offer support and all that and cast vision to the experienced leads. And the experienced leads are going to like, if the, if, the greeting team, the experience lead is going to lead the huddle and like like bump chest with them, high five them, get them excited for the day. That's what the experience lead is doing throughout the week. They're doing some of that care as well. Um, so it's kind of the more on the ground stuff. Team leaders more getting the vision from like staff and coordinators to the team to the experience leads. Over here. So oh, sorry. thank you. So we have two services right now. 
Uh, second service is about 77% full. Yep. First one's about 60 to 65. So we've played around with three. I've pulled back the reins two separate times <clears throat> as well. Uh, and it came off a, a guy telling me this, and I just wanted to get your insight on it. He said, dude, get to two as, as soon as you can, but pack out two as much as you can before you go to three. Because there's a big dynamic difference between two and three with your leaders. One hundred percent. And so I wonder what you thought about that. And also the old rule used to be eighty percent is full. Now they say sixty, sixty-five percent is full. Am I the only one that's ever heard that? Have you ever heard that perspective? Does that match up with what you guys have done? So those two questions, if you would. I think it was Craig Craig Rochelle. If it was good leadership, it was probably Craig Rochelle. Um, I think he said seventy percent is the new eighty percent. I, I think I may be wrong in that. Um, the third third experience is a whole new dynamic. I mean, like we, we have felt like, I mean, we're getting into, I feel like this past week was one of the, this, we've been doing this for nine weeks or something like that, where we just hit a, hit a stride. Um, it's just weird. I don't know. I mean, I've heard some people go from like two to three kids. They say it gets weird then. Um, it felt, it kind of, I've got one and I'm staying there. You know what I'm saying? I'm sticking on one. Um, but (laughs) anybody, okay. But, um, yeah, I would affirm some of the, like, the angst that you have from going to two to three, because it is, it literally is, okay, how do we, do we ask sit one, serve two? How, how do we like do, how, what's the dynamic of all that? We have faced all of that. And like the way that we've done it is just been kind of open-handed with it is when we first started, we're like, Hey, we're, we're going to ask um, for you to sit one, serve two, like just to get us, it's kind of like a, um, a rallying point when you launch the church, when you, you know, when you launch the camp, whatever it is. So we, we rallied around that, but we're also, um, kind of seeing that most people, not most people, high percentage of people aren't willing to do that. So it's like sit one, serve one. And now you have to, you have a staffing issue where you didn't used to have a staffing issue in those experiences. So I would say it's just going to take time if you make that plunge, but just, if you do it, like just, be as 100% confident when you go for it. Not like, I think this is going to work. It's like, let's do it. Like, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. There's some up front too. I just want to yeah. make sure we, awesome, awesome. Hey, so we're going to services on Easter. We're starting. We've done that with uh, last Easter and Christmas. Have to go to services and then we go back. And to this time, we're going to service and staying. Um, the only kind of big question that we've had because we've, we've, we've done it. Our volunteers have actually really enjoyed being able to serve one, go one. And that's, that's actually one of the main reasons, but our kids team is just, um, they're curious about like the kids of this, of the, uh, the team leaders and staff, which have to stay for both services in every one of those areas. It's like, are there any problems or what do you, what do you do? Cause like, it's hard to keep a kid's attention sometimes for 15 minutes, but not that yeah. 15 minutes twice, same so, content. What we what have what, we have what we call backstage, and there's plenty of things to call it, um, doublers room, et cetera, et cetera. But you just got to make it fun for those kids for one experience. They, they're going to have to be able to have fun, eat blueberry muffins until their crumbs are coming off their face, and watch movies. My son, watch, they watch The Incredible. If, if that's not your flow, don't do it. I'm just telling you. Um, my son comes home talking about Jesus and The Incredibles. And so I'm cool with both, you know? And so um, I, I think that you just have to make it attractive for those people and not just for the kids, but for the parents to feel good about that. And um, the last thing I want, we, the last thing I want is um, my son or any of our kids to begin resenting church. And so um, we want to make it that, that doublers backstage, whatever you want to call it, just call it something fun. Just do something fun with them. Um, where they can enjoy one, and then they still get their their lesson, or they're sitting in whatever they whatever you want to call whatever you call that. So that'd be my encouragement. Good question. So you mentioned the fact that don't go, don't 
multiply your services when you're going into a slump. Uh, we went to two services last year in the old facility that we were in. We actually tripled in size, kept it at there, um, moved into a new facility that was double the size of our old auditorium. So went back to one service. We've been kind of praying through going to two services because right now we're about 68% full of the current auditorium. You talked about also um, the, the lobby area. Uh, though we're at 68% full in the auditorium, our lobby and kids areas are maxed out um, in services. But Easter is late this year. So we're going right into summer in five weeks. What are your thoughts on that? And I live in um, in Southwest Michigan where everybody goes to the lake. Right, because it's summer. warm now and they're Absolutely. not snowed into their homes. For sure. Yeah. You've already answered your question. You, you know the answer to that question. Not. when's your when's your like anniversary is it fall january maybe in a fall big push for like back after labor day or something like that where people are something like that that may not be universal for everybody so if you already made the decision i know you said you're going to two go own it bro just do it just do it if that's have you already told have you already told your leaders (laughs) you got to now so just go baby push mailer Mailer, beg Jesus fast, whatever you got to do. All right. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I'm in a, I'm an executive pastor and um, we're at five services now and we need six. So this is my question. I don't know. I'm looking at your, your structure here. And I think for my pastor and the rest of our team, we're trying to gauge like, are our teams healthy enough to handle six? So, and I don't, in the bigger, you know, the bigger you get, the more layers of leadership you get, the harder it is to get a read on what's happening down there at your servants experience. And then down below that, like what's actually happening on the teams. And I hear from you guys, kind of this ethos that's very care oriented. And I'm curious about like what feedback systems that you guys have as leaders up at the top to know, okay, how, what is the quality of care that's happening? How healthy is it down there? What's going on? Like, do you have, what kind of reporting systems do you have to, to be able to gauge that? Um, Cause, or if anyone in the room has that, please come talk to me because we're trying to figure that out. You sure you want me to answer this one? (laughs) So you're at five, you're thinking about going to six, but you're worried your teams aren't, aren't healthy. Um, and so with feedback, here, here's my thing is I, I would ask. I mean, are you asking for us? I would say all of us are asking our ground level people how it's going um, and actually giving them an opportunity to speak into it. Um, a lot of times leaders, we can ask questions where we don't really want the answer. So we ask it in a way so we can hear what we want to hear. Um, and I would say like, don't ignore uh, the things like I think we can brush over some unhealthy things and look like um, all right, our retention's down um, or our people aren't serving as much. We're losing. How's like um, how is our teams holding partners um, is a big thing with that. And so I would say we we look at all of that stuff every month. We're pulling reports to seeing, hey, we have 12 people on greeting who haven't served this month. Is anybody reaching out to them? Because if not, we're going to reach out to them. Um, and we're going to see how they're doing. Um, this thing with health, I would say with care is for us, Pastor Kenneth has modeled this with our staff. I mean, care is the utmost important thing. And I think that's the reason our church has been as successful and God has blessed it the way it has is because of that care. Um, and so in saying that, uh, I had a point I was going with that. Um, when it comes with care, 
is just making sure like with leadership stuff is not just doing leadership placement. So I've, I've seen churches go to multiple experiences, um, up to four or five. And what ends up happening is they end up building leaders and teaching people how to care too late into the game. And so what they call leadership development is actually leadership placement and your people aren't prepared to care for people. And so it's a good, it's a short season. So when you go to six or you, whatever, you go to five or six, um, it feels good for about two months. And then the leadership placement runs out and burnout happens. And those leaders are like, I can't keep up with this pace. And so I would say, if you're thinking about going to six is what can I do now to begin build this pipeline to make sure my leaders know they can sustain it? And what habits do we have as a staff that are making sure that we can have a scorecard going so that we can measure health? Um, that way we can catch any red flags before they before everything comes crashing down. Is that helpful? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so my question, um, you had mentioned earlier that you guys strategically don't have an online experience. Uh, could you elaborate on that a little bit? Because we we do have, we meet in a movie theater. We have two services. Um, so obviously we count our online service as a separate experience. Um, but we're kind of doing a maximum effort, minimal impact as far as our online service is concerned. You know, I would say on average, maybe 10 to 15 people, you know, tune into that. And it kind of varies obviously throughout the the month. But Right now, we're putting a lot into it, and I don't feel like, not to say that we don't value those 15 people, but that's, I'm designating leaders to that, that I could definitely use in other capacities for our main services um, to kind of keep that afloat. We're about to go into a new building in nine months to where some of that will get shored up, and I feel like it'll get take care of itself, but is it probably better for us to say, let's ex-nay that for the time being, and then, you know, really push that the way it should be pushed in the future so we get a, a, a better impact? So the reason, it's a strategic reason for us because we're about to launch a campus and we're about to, we just went moved from two to three. I didn't want to give people more reason to stay home. Um, <laughs> I need as many people in the, in the building as I can. Um, so that, that may sound vain. That's just, that's really the reality. The second thing is, is the production level is not there yet. So in the auditorium, <clears throat> in the auditorium, our experience is world-class. I mean, um, it, musicians are tight. Our, our band is, is incredible. Uh, everything that the the environment is set. Um, when I watch the playback, which would be what our people would be watching, um, we don't have a separate person mixing that down. And I'm not, I just refuse to do anything half butt. Sure. Um, and so for me, it's like we're waiting till we can uh, invest in those invest those resources to have those people mixing those vocals. Um, because how many of you know a live room covers a multitude of sins on a for a vocalist. Um, and that's not that's not a hate on any vocalist. That's just reality. You just get hung out to dry on a on a. So it's the difference between you watch like what like an elevation does versus what like I'm not going to name any other churches, but what some other churches do. And you're like every vocalist sounds like bad, and then you listen to elevation. You're like this sounds like an album. That's because they've got the back end production that's going. And I'm not waiting until we get to elevation. I'm just waiting until we can get, do it, and I feel great about it. I feel like as good about it as I do as what's in the auditorium. That's it. I'm, so I don't know what um, would be best for your environment, but I just want to give you a little bit of explanation of why we haven't done it in our environment. We've, we're currently at two services. Um, we moved from a middle school to a high school last summer, and it was – our summers are kind of weird. We're a beach community, and so they tend to actually be a little bit higher. So it wasn't a – it wasn't a – our volunteers were not quite as, as can you active. Pray for, can you pray for us? <laughs> yeah. 
um, <laughs> but um, our what we're looking at now is needing to go to a third at some point. What was the process into adding that? Because we're in this, like, we really don't know exactly. That third is kind of scary. And so we're struggling. <laughs> what time is that? We're trying to do, you know, what's going to be best for, like, our community. Like, wh- what are the trends for that? We've seen a lot of examples in our area. There's big churches that are close that do a third, and the third is just not even close to the two. Um, and so what do you, what do you have uh, as far as recommending that, how you guys chose what your third time was and moved them around? Yeah, I would, I would say first thing I would say is, um, is if you're, if you're full in two, you have to think about even if a third one only has, only has, let's say only has, uh, 200 folks in it. If you probably couldn't have fit those 200 folks in those other two. So even if it has 300, 400, and you couldn't have fit them in those other two, it's still a win. It's just different. So you got to define the win for what the experience is. So for us, when we first went to three, the 1130 was crickets. And so we had all our staff sitting in there to teach people response, to teach people just this idea of interaction with. Um, and so now it's shifted. We've seen our 10 and 1130s feeling great. Our 830 is is now, so we're, we're like, we're going to transition those guys. So it's like, I just think you have to define the win of what um, if it's just depopulating one experience, and and honestly, for me, it's depopulating the most prime time experience, so I can have lost people come to know Jesus. And so, I, I what I want is for our 10 a.m. Um, to have room. And so, if if you're a believer in 10 a.m., um, let's let's like serve the Lord by going to the 8:30 or the 11:30. Like some people go to Uganda, why don't you go to another experience, right? <laughs> um, and and you're gonna help lost people know Jesus, like. I think I used that on a Sunday one time. It was, it was kind of funny, but, um, you know, I would just encourage you with that, man. Uh, I don't know if that's helpful, but. It's time for this last question. Yeah, thanks. It's a uh, turnover time between services is kind of one of the things that really bug bear for us. Um, we enjoy the social experience after the service. We don't want to heard people out but at the same time I want them to free the car park and for the next service any experiences that could help me in that I'm going to speak to this and I'm going to let Pastor Zach speak to it real quick so for me I was, I was meeting with another pastor the other day and I said hey I'm not sure I um, I love the feeling of our church as much moving from three to two because I don't get as much time to talk and to hang out and stuff like that I said but I'm just not sure if it's about me what, what do you think and he said I think you just answered your question it's it's so it's it's if Sunday morning is the time for social and kicking your feet up, like you need to maybe create another, like another space where that can happen. Cause Sunday morning is about reaching those who are far from God and seeing them come to Jesus. You know what I'm saying? So maybe it's just a, uh, a comfort thing. Yeah. I don't think, I don't, I don't think it's going to affect you as much as you think. Um, for us, I would say that was a, a literally a thought we had cause we don't want people to fly cattle running in and running out so fast. And we had a big, I mean, we had a gap in time when we only had two and then we lost a lot out with three. But I would say we we kept that because of our partner headquarters. Um, and so our partner headquarters is set up where that community can still happen. Um, and then the turnover still is big enough and it's a quick turnover where our lobby never feels like it's slammed. And so there's never a point that I, I see on a Sunday but in between any of the experiences where people are like, this there's it's too too much for me, um, and I think you can get like creative with like your parking and stuff to like avoid some of that as well, um, just to get that traffic in some different ways um, to make sure it doesn't feel as crowded. But I don't 
that was a fear we had. And I don't think that fear, I don't, I don't feel like that happened for us when we went to three. Awesome guys. If you need, if you need anything else, um, any questions, uh, Mark's email is, uh, Mark at United church de.com. And, uh, and so Mark's going to write that. So Mark at United church de.com. And if, if he can't answer it, he will plug you into whatever, uh, like whoever could, if that's, if that's a worship question. Um, also, uh, Dave is sitting up here on the front row. He's our, our worship director. So if, um, if you have any questions about worship, about band, um, any of those things, ask, and uh, we'll be around for a few minutes. Thank you guys so much for being in this breakout. Seriously, it means a lot.